Today's daf is Muhammad Vav. We will, God willing, be beginning a new parak very soon. Um, but we uh, continue on the bottom of Lamed Hamlet's bet, and um, we are dealing with a Mishnah. We went from dealing with Adamalazik to Shor Hamazik, the classic case of Shor Kam in the Torah, splitting the live one, splitting the dead one. How they, we have to be dealing with oxen of equal value. Then we went to a little bit of a, dis- of a digression or whatever. I don't know if you call it a digression. Anyway, separate topic of Kimlei. Now we're doing a topic of Hamotzmi. And where there's a debate about which ox gourd or whose ox gourd and so on. Okay, so now the Gemara um, says that the, although the Mishnah says that the uh, Nizak who wants to claim that it was the higher liability has the burden of proof, this goes against Sumchis because Sumchis would say whenever there's an objective doubt, you split it. And the Gemara wanted to know if Sumchis would say this even when the even when the uh, Mazik is saying bar, even when the person trying to extract the money. From, is saying, yes, I definitely do not owe you the money. Would Simcha still say you split? And would this so? And is this opinion in the Mishnah really, you know, really would oppose Sumchis? And the, you know, you know, I'm sorry, would Sumchis really oppose this position in the Mishnah? And the Gemara says, yes, Sumchis would say you split if there's an objective suffix, even in a case of Bari and Bari. And the Mishnah is a case of Bari and Bari because it's clear from the way they're saying it. This happened. No, that happened. Loki. So anyway, it's clear everybody is making a definite claim, we don't know if they're lying or not, but it doesn't matter, yeah, they're making, no, they're making a definite claim, and Sumchus would say, the mission says, and Sumchus would say, but then the Gemara turned to the question of one minute, if everybody is saying Bari, then why do you have to pay the lesser amount? The uh, Nizak says, you know, the Mazik says, um, it was my Tom that damaged, or it was my small ox that damaged, my small Tom, and the Mazik says, no, you're lying, it was the Mua that damaged, or it was the, 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 the Nizak is saying, I'm sorry, yeah, the Mazik says it was a small one, or it was the Tom, and the Mazik says, no, you're lying, it was the big one, or it was the, did I do it wrong again? The Nizak says, no, you're lying, it was the small one, it was the big one, or it was the muad. So it says, well, okay, he can't, Veniza can't prove it was the larger liability, but the implication is, but at least he collects based on what the Mazik says. But the says, one minute, if he's saying to the Mazik, no, you're lying, then he's rejecting the Mazik's own admission. So he should get nothing. And this is the principle of Tano Bechitim Vahodilo Biseorim, that you're putter. Okay, so the Gemara says like this, let's pick up with that. So the Gemara says, Okay. Um, so we will pick up about eight lines before the lines get wide. You don't bring a proof. So then you, you should take at least according to what the Mazik concedes to. So, and if we're talking about it, Bari and Bari, that everybody's saying, no, you're lying, no, you're lying, then let's say this is a contradiction to Rabbi Barnasan. Because Rabbi Barnasan says, if I say, you owe me Wheat, and you say no, you're lying. You only owe me. Bar- I only owe you barley. Potter, you don't even have to pay me barley because we're. I'm, I, I am saying you don't owe me barley. You only owe me wheat, so I'm rejecting your claim. So you're completely exempt. Ella, all right. So it could be it's different because those barley and wheat are different things. Yeah. And money and money is it's more money or less money. That would be if we were arguing about a muad obligation. But if we're arguing about a tam obligation, they really are different things. This animal or that animal. At least that's no, the way the Gemara says it. My animal kill your animal. There's, 
And both admitting that you owe me money. Just that you borrowed something from me. Just a question if you borrowed wheat or you borrowed barley. But no, you do have to make it that it's not just a question of how much, right? Presumably the issue is not just the circumstances of the debt, but what is actually being admitted in terms of what is owed. So if it's just a difference of 200 or 100, even if they were arguing about different circumstances, then you're still conceding to a... Then, then when I'm saying, then, then, you know, my claim of 200 still includes the idea that you owe me 100. But it seems here that the issue is that because it's a short time, if it was a muad, I think it would not be similar. But because it's a short time, it is seen as a type of a chitin and saorin, because we're arguing which ox I, you know, I have a right to. Okay, but it's a good question. But yes, that seems to be the point. So the Gemara says like this, um, um, fine. So in order that the Mishnah doesn't contradict this idea of Chitin and Tsaorin, we're not, we're not talking about a Bari and Bari, we're talking about a Bari and a Shema. So the Bari is going to say, what does that mean? Okay, the Kamar Bari Man, the Kamar Shema Man. Who's saying Bari and who's saying Shema? Who's saying you definitely and who's saying no, it's maybe? In name of the Kamar Nizak Bari, the Nizak is saying, you definitely owe me the bigger amount. It was definitely the big cow. It was de- the big, you know, it was the big ox. It was definitely the Muad to come on Mazik Shema. The man says, I don't know, maybe it was the Tom, maybe it was the small one. So if that's true, okay. Akati Lematavi Chief to the Rabbi Barnasan. So then that should still be a case of Chitin and Saorin. Because the Nizak is saying, You definitely do not owe me the small one. You definitely owe me the big one. So if that's true, then he should not be able to collect anything. He can't collect the big one because he can't prove it. And he can't collect the small one because he's rejected his claim on the small one. So if the Nizak is, 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 making, is saying the Bari, then he shouldn't be allowed, ironically, he shouldn't be allowed to collect anything. So Ella, the Kamar Nizak Shema, the Nizak is saying, I don't know. The Nizak is saying, you say, Mr. Mazik, that it was definitely the small one. I don't know, maybe it was the big one. So in that case, okay, he doesn't, it's a Motsumi Chaver Olav Haraya, um, because obviously, not only can he not prove that it was the big one, he's not even certain it was the big one, but at least he gets to collect based on what the Mazik says. Since he's saying, you say the small, I don't know, maybe it was the big, he's not rejecting the Mazik's claim. So at least he's entitled to collect what the Mazik says. Okay, the Kamar Nizak Shemar, the Kamar Mazik Bari, fine. If it was a Bari and a Bari, and they were arguing about which short time, then it would be a chitin and saorin, and he wouldn't get anything. That is what the Gemara is saying. Okay, okay. no, according to this idea of chitin and saorin, this Rabbi Barchana. Okay, so the Gemara says the common is of shema and bukamar mazik bari. So the nigga is saying maybe it's the big one. Mazik is saying no, it's definitely the small one. So in that case, he gets to at least he collects what the mazik says. When we say the nizik shema mazik bari, since in that case the nizik is shema and the mazik is bari, reishanami nizik shema mazik bari. So the reisha also is that the nizik is saying Shem and the Mazik is saying Bari. The Nizak is saying, you know, maybe it was, uh, um, maybe it was, uh, what was it? Was y- it was your cow. And he says, no, it definitely was on the rock. Okay? So, or like any of the earlier cases. Would Sumcha say even in that case you say Chokin? Right? Because here's the examples, right? Okay? So, basically, okay, let's say it's a case about, like, I don't know, you've got the big one, okay, and you've got, that's my, that's my very, uh, you know, like my modern art, and the small one, okay, this is what, so these are the mazics, and here's, you've got the dead cow of the Nizak, okay, looks like a cockroach, okay, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay, so if the case is, 
if the if the um, if the nizak is saying, I'm trying, trying to think about how to illustrate this. Anyway, if if the mazik is saying it was bari, it was definitely this one, and the, this that's what the mazik is saying. Okay, it's definitely the small one, and the nizak is saying no, it was definitely it's bari, it was definitely the big one. Okay, if that's their debate, right? So then the Mar saying is he doesn't even get the small one, right? Because he's rejecting his claim that he own, owes the small one. So in order for him to be entitled to the small one, okay, it, he can't be rejecting this claim. He has to say Shema. So since he's saying Shema, he says, I don't know, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. That at least entitles him to the small one. That's what we said, okay? So that's how it's not a, it's not a Chitin and Sa'orin case. But remember, we're also trying to figure out whether Sumchus would disagree with this case. Alright? So in this case, right, if the Nizak himself, the one who's demanding the larger one, is uncertain of his claim, he doesn't know, do I get the big one, do I get the small one, or whatever. He's uncertain of his claim. And this guy is the Muchzak, right? The Mazak is the Muchzak. He's the one that has it in his possession. He's coming to take it away from the Mazak. So you're uncertain of your claim. He's the Muchzak. Would Sulchis really say Cholkin in this case? Right? It's one thing if neither, if both of them are Shema. Or if both of them are Abari. Everybody says they don't know. Or everybody says they do know. Then Sumchus might say, fine, even though you're a Muchzak, we're going to split it. But here, you're the Muchzak, and you're saying Bari, and you're trying to take it away from, this guy's trying to take it away, and he's saying Shema. In that case, would Sumchus really say Cholkin? That's a quite an extreme. Okay? So, and why are we, and we're claiming that Sumchus argues on our Mishnah. And Sumchus would say Cholkin on our Mishnah. But is this, you could, and that's a question, I guess, is this also Okay, so the right, so the Gemara said that we started the sugi by saying it was. And now the Gemara is saying, but now because of Chitim and Saorim, we have to say that the Nizak is saying Shema. Can you still say that Sumchis would say Chokim in this case? So, so that's the question. from always lying? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And same thing, nothing is to prevent the Nizak from always lying. Okay. No, he can't. Because if he's a That's true. That's true. Yep, life is unfair. I'm, you're right. It's true. That's part of the aspects of Muchsa. Yeah, Right, okay. Right, okay, so let's see what the Gemara says. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. Uh, where are we? Le, okay. Would Sumchus say in this case, Cholkim, that you'd have to say, oh, this is going against Sumchus? Sumchus says, look, the end case, one of the later cases, we don't really have to worry what's the end or what's the beginning, you know, because I mean, what I'm saying is, because just a lot of different examples. Okay, one of the cases is a Nizak Shem and a Bari, that's this case, and that would tell you that you're entitled to the smaller amount because you're not rejecting his claim. Reisha Nizak Bariumazik Shema. But we could also be talking in the beginning, again, it's a different scenario of them arguing, but we're not going to worry about that. But we could also be argue, talking in a, diff, a different scenario about the Nizak saying Bari. What happened to this? The Nizak saying Bari, it definitely was your larger one. And the Mazak was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it was my, the larger one, maybe it was the smaller one. Okay? So, in this case, all the more that Sumchus could say Cholkim you're making a definite claim the guy who has it in his possession isn't even certain so in that case where the Bari and the Shema flip there is a very strong reason to say Cholkim okay and that's why 
Sumchis, at least in the case of Ein in Bari and Bari, presumably Sumchis would say Cholkin, and certainly in the case of the Nizak saying Bari and the guy who's Mozak saying Shema, Sumchis would say Cholkin. And our mission is telling you, even in this case, which is such a good reason to say Cholkin, it's an objective suffix, and the Mozak is saying a Shema, even in that case, the, 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 our mission is saying, This is the best case for Sumchus to say Cholkin, right? Because the guy who's making, who's trying to take out the money, it, it's an objective suffix, and he's making a definite claim. The guy in whose possession of the money is making a doubtful claim. So that's a case where, where there's a lot of logic to say Cholkin, a lot of logic to agree with Sumchus. And our mission is telling you, you always say, Okay, so the mission has two cases. In the case where the Muchzak is saying a Shema, it's telling you you would have wanted to say like Sumchis Chokim no I'm telling you the Allah is and in the case where this guy is the Shema it's telling you he doesn't lose his claim he at least gets to do what the Mazik says because we, it's not a Chitim and Saorim case wait let me just finish reading this okay okay Sefa Nizak Shema Mazik Bari Reisha Nizak Bari Mazik Shema but says the Haro Damia Reisha the Sefa the Reisha isn't similar to the Sefa so Amri because one is a Bari and a Shema the other is a Shem and a Bari. Amri, no, you could say, Bari v'shem, a Shem or Bari, Chadam Yosehi. No, our mission is talking about different scenarios, about, about, I mean, but they're all the same genre. One person is saying Bari and one is saying Shem. It just reverses who's saying what. Chadam Yosehi. Bari u Bari, Shem or Bari, Trey Mileninu. But we cannot say that part of the mission is talking about Bari and Bari and part is Bari and Shem. That would actually be two different genres, going from everybody making a definite claim to people making doubtful claims. But if the mission is talking about different scenarios of people making doubtful claims, then we can flip who is saying what, okay? So again, what the Gemara has done was, in order to allow the implication being that you're allowed to collect at least based on what the Mazik says, it has to be that the Nizak is making a Shema claim. So part of the Mishnah, which is implying that the, the Nizak can collect based on what the Mazik says, is that the Nizak is only making a Shema claim. In order to sustain the argument that our Mishnah is making a point of rejecting Sumchis, we're going to flip it and say there's cases in the Mishnah where the Ma- where where the Nizak is saying Bari and the Mazik is saying Shema where there would be a really good reason to go like Sumchis and nevertheless we're not we're going to say Hamotzi Mechavela Faraya and yes. if he doesn't bring a Raya guess if the Mazik says and if he doesn't bring a Raya and it was a case where the Nizak said Bari and the Mazik said Shema okay then and then he is um, well no because one minute if that's an interesting question. If the Mazik is saying Shema, I don't know if that would be a Tanochit of Because the Mazik is saying maybe this, maybe that. So he's rejecting the Mazik's claim about this, but the Mazik hasn't denied the possibility that it might be that. So I'm not sure if that's a Tanochit of Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What? Yeah, it could be in this case, you're right, it could be he gets nothing because he's rejecting rejecting the concession about the smaller and he can't prove the bigger but the Mazik isn't really denying the bigger either so I'm not exactly sure I, I, I don't exactly know what the Allah would be in that case okay let's take a look now as the Gemara continues Gufa 
Amar, let's go back to the Chitim and Sa'arim case. Amar Rabba Bar Nassan. Tano Chitim Vadulo Besorim Pater. Okay, my Kamash Malan, what is this teaching? I mean, it's a big Chiddush, right? That you don't even collect the Sa'arim. But the point is, we've learned it elsewhere. Tanina, we taught. Tano Chit Abraita. Tano Chitim Vadulo Besorim Pater. Okay, it's an explicit teaching. What did he say that we didn't already teach? No. Ime Hasam Havamina Pater Min Mechitim Chaybid Nesorim. No, I would have just thought that you're not allowed to collect the Chitim, which is pretty obvious because, like, it's Hamotim Echavel of Raya. But at least you'd have to pay what you conceded to, at least the value of the Sorim. You're completely exempt because you, the guy who said Chitim was rejecting the claim of Sorim. Okay, the Gemara says like this. Tanan. Okay, this was, you know, my picture on the board. Oh, no, this is the Nezikin were two. The, the killed animals were two, a big one and a small one. We're back to what we said. If he did, you know, it says, I'm trying to say that you owe me for the bigger, you, the bigger one, you know, your big one, he killed my big one, etc. You say it's the opposite. I have to prove it. Okay? If I can't prove it, at least I get to collect based on what you, the Mazik, conceded. Am I chitin v'sa'orininhu? It's a chitin and sa'orin, similar to exactly what we said before. Now, a minute ago, we said the answer was bari and shema. Okay? That I didn't say you definitely owe me the big one, I said you might owe me the big one. Here, the Gemara is doing a different answer. Rashi tells us to figure out why it's doing a different answer here, but here's the Gemara's different answer. The Gemara's answer is, Roy retold the Ainlo. says, you know what, you're right. <laughs> Meaning, if you say, I say it was the bigger one, and you say it's the smaller one, I have to prove to you it's the bigger one. And if I can prove to you it's the bigger one, I really should be entitled to the smaller one, because that at least is what you're conceding, but I can't get it, because I've admitted that it's not the smaller one. So there, here's a different read. I know, but here's the Gemara's reading that in the case of the Mishnah, when they're debating, and we say, what it's really saying is, the Mazi gets, the Niza gets nothing. Right. Okay, you have to prove it's the larger one. Since you can't prove it's the larger one, then you really should get the smaller one. That's what the other guy is conceding, but you already rejected that claim, so Nebuch, you get nothing. You should be getting, but you don't get. Now, we'll see in a minute that there's a way in which you can so get wait, it. This is the case of both Baris? Both Baris. Right, so, right. so rather than giving the answer that our mission is talking about a Bari and a Shema, you're right, it's not disagreeing with the Psach. Rather than having the mission a case where you get it because you said a Shema, we're reading the mission that you said a Bari, and we're consistent, and we're saying, Nebuch, you don't get anything. You said a Bari, and therefore you don't get anything. Roy Vein, though. Zatanya, but we're talking to Brisa, Hareze Mishtalim, Alakatim, but the Bryce says, no, you do get based on the smaller concession on what the Mazi conceded. You know, you collect for your big one from the small ox and your small one from the big ox. But says, it's kafas. Ah, that's different. There, you actually seized the property. So there, you sort of switched around who the muhzak is. Okay? So you actually took possession of it, and there at least you're entitled to get based on your smaller claim. Now, I have to tell you, I really don't understand this. Because if it's a case that it's tafas, then maybe I should even be able to keep even my larger claim if I'm switching around who the muhzak is. Right? Which raises a whole interesting question, which I'm not going to get to, which is, you know, can, when we say, I say you owe me a thousand dollars. You say, no, I don't. I have the burden of proof. This is sort of like an If I sneak into your house and I take your uh, nice big screen TV, which is worth a thousand dollars, I know where you're putting your money and I take a thousand dollars, okay, and now I say, oh, now I'm the muhzak. You have to prove it for me. Okay? What happens if, like, would that be true? Or if, if people witness me stealing it, then do we have to say, no, 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 you're not a Muslim, now you're a Ghana, give it back, right? Is it if I steal it and nobody sees it? I mean, what is the scenario of Tafas and does Tafas switch who's considered to be the Muhzak? 
Okay? But if Tzavos does switch who the Muchzik is, then I should be able to keep even my larger claim. Right? Because now I'm the Muchzik and you have to prove to me the opposite. So it sounds like Tzavos isn't switching who the Muchzik is. You're not allowed to keep your larger claim, but you're allowed to keep the smaller claim. But what's the logic in that? Okay? If I admitted that you don't owe me the smaller one, why does being toe-face switch things? So it's a very strange Gemara why Tafas actually works. Okay, let's read a little bit more. Tnan, we talk in the Mishnah. Okay, so same similar idea, right? I'm saying that the muad, you know, is the one that scored my big one, and the tam is small, and you say the reverse. You got to bring the burden of proof. Hello, Again, it sounds like if you didn't bring the proof, you at least you'd get based on what the mazik can see. Why is that chitin v'sarin? It's chitin v'sarin. So the gemara says again, yeah. You really, really don't get what the Mazik admitted. You should be getting, but you get nothing because you basically said he didn't owe you anything. He didn't. You rejected his claim. But the Brisa says you collect based on at least the smaller claim. So it says again to Tafas, you seized it. Okay, but again, if you seized it, collect the larger claim. How does seizing it work here? Okay, now let's take a look at Tosos. Tosos clarifies it a little bit. Roy Lito the Ainlo, the second line of Tosos. Tosos says. Okay, the Davka Okay, only if you have a claim on both of them. You say I, you owe me from the big one and the small one, except I say you owe me a lot from the big and a little from the small, and you say the reverse. But at least, even according to my Bari claim, I'm not giving up my right to both of your your oxen. You're, we're talking about different proportions, but I'm continuing to claim both of your oxen. Okay, get that case. Okay, but okay so but he says listen to this different scenario okay in this case okay I basically claim like if it's basically you say I only have rights to this and I say I only have rights to this so I am denying that I have any rights to your small one right everybody with me so grabbing the small one does nothing for me I've completely denied that I have rights to your small one how does grabbing it to it? But if we both agree that I have rights to your big and your small, except you say, I've got this much of your big and this much of your small. And I say, no, 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 no. I've got this much of your big and only this much of your small. Okay? Everybody right? get that? So in that case, okay, if I go ahead and I grab, let's say, the small one, okay, then at least I am, or I don't know, I grab the big one, Okay, at least I, that's why Tosu says, I, if I go and I grab the big one, I don't get to keep the whole, well, I grab both of them or whatever. I grab the big one, I don't get to keep the whole amount based on what I said, but at least I get to keep part of it. Okay, if I grab the small one, I don't, then actually I would only get to keep the small part. But the point being that in those cases, when we're disagreeing about the proportions, now it begins to make sense because I've never really rejected my ownership of this or my ownership of that, right? Even within the claims I'm making, there's an overlap here, right? Right? You see the overlap of our claims? Okay, and that's why if I grab it, I'm entitled to it. Of course, that's such a good point that why should I need to grab it? Right? Since even based on my claims, right, I'm not completely rejecting yours. In both cases, there's an overlap of our claims. I should at least be entitled, right, you know, to like get the overlap. So I still don't fully get it, 
But Tosus is saying, grabbing doesn't work if you've really rejected your claim in that cow, then grabbing it doesn't work. The only time grabbing works is if we're arguing about the proportions of each ox, and in that case, since you didn't completely reject your rights to that ox, you know, or, you know, his, his concession of your rights, you're at least entitled to what, to what, you're at least entitled to what he conceded. Okay, so I sort of understand it better, but I still don't get that. If that's true, I still don't get why you need toughness. Right, if you right, there's at least still an overlap. I don't get why you need toughness and why toughness works. Yes. Yeah, but if it did, then I should be able, if I grab the big one, to keep the whole big one. But it doesn't. It just says I get to keep the small one, right? And if I grab the small one, it sounds like I get based on what the Mazi can see. It sounds like I get the whole small one, even though I've really rejected eighty percent of the small one, right? So I don't get it. Like I get the idea of the overlap. But I don't get then why, like, you need the toughest. I don't get what the toughest does. And if the toughest works, then it should work even for the entire claim. All right. Anyway, let's move on. At least we understand what I don't know. Let's move on. How you how Now, we're going back to an earlier stage of the Mishnah. The earlier stage of the Mishnah has here's my here's my dead dead cow. Okay, it still looks like a cockroach. Okay, and here's your, you have two cows. They all look like cockroaches. I don't know why. Anyway, anyway, here's your two cows, a small one and a big one. Now, it says, if one belonged to Ruvain and one belonged to Shimon, then I can't collect from either. Okay, because each one says, no, it was yours, right? But, and I can't prove either one. But if they both belong to the same person, it says, Shnehem Chayavim. Now, they're both Chayav. Now, what does it mean they're both Chayav? We still don't know which one gored, right? We could say, then obviously you owe me money, but actually it's an interesting question. You owe me money, but I don't know which cow I can collect from. Because if it's a Tom, I can only collect from the cow, right? So, yes, you owe me money, so saying Shnehem Chayavim is not so clear what that means, because why, anyway, why not just say your Chayav? Why Shnehem Chayavim? So let's see what the Gabar does with that. Okay? Okay. If two oxen gored together, okay, so I can collect from either one. So you have two oxen that gored my ox, and let's say I can't, I can't collect from one of the oxen ran away or whatever, I can collect from the other one. It seemed like they've done one big act of goring. Okay, now, the question is, is that even if it's owned by two separate people? Let's say Reuven and Shimon's ox both gore mine. Okay, and then Reuven takes his ox and runs away. Can I collect the full amount from Shimon? Alright, so that seems to be the scenario. And the answer is yes. You don't view it like Reuven did half and Shimon did half and you only have half rights to Reuven and half rights to Shimon's. No, you view them as they combined did the whole Hezek we're going to see these scenarios later on cases of like Ratzamizegove Ratzamizegove if your ox puts, pushes my ox down a well do I only collect half from the owner of the well and half from the owner of the ox let's say one of them can't be sound can I collect all from, one of the, from the other person so it says if two ox and gore you view them as sort of operating in a unit and if I need to I can collect all of them from one ox okay now and then Shimon and Reuben have to work it out between themselves it's not my problem exactly exactly now the point is fine that's true if they both would have gored, you could really say Shnehem Chayavim. Okay, but here the point is that there's a suffix which one gored. We don't know. It's not 
they both did. We don't know which one did. But Tosa says that the Gemara's diok is still from the fact that it uses the phrase Shneim Chayamim. That Shneim Chayamim is coming to, to, to indicate to me that in this case it's true, they both didn't do it. But there are cases where both oxen did it and it would be that they would both share equally in the obligation. So it's like a diok from the Mishnah. It's not the case of the Mishnah. All right, we'll worry about it. We can't do everything. Okay? It's a diok from the Mishnah. It's not the case of the Mishnah. Okay? So, Hachabimayaskin. And the says, no, not necessarily. What are we talking about here? The Muadim. They're not a Tom. They're a Muad. And that's why it says that Shem Chayavim. One minute. It says, even Muadim, Ema Seifa. Can't be Muadim. It says, it's, look at the end. We're debating whether it was the big or the small one, the cord. Even Muadim. And if it's a Muad, my what do I care if it's a big or a small one you have to pay for the full damages clearly the fact that we're debating it means that we're talking about a tom so the Gemara says no fine the end where we're debating big and small that's a case of tom but the beginning where we're talking about two oxen and you don't know which one gored and we say that's that they're both muad so the Gemara says even muadim no it can't be that they're muadim chayavim why would it say they're both chayav the oxen are chayav chayav gavrami bayalei it should have said the owner has to pay chayavim means that I've got a right to the oxen pursue my shneim what does it mean both of them are chayav it should have said the owner is chayav el olem betamim fine it's tamim for Rabbi Akivi now what do we do by the phrase shneim chayavim again because in this case it's really not true that Shneim Chayavim. It's really that one of them is Chayavim, we don't know which one. So the Gemara thought the point of the phrase Shneim Chayavim is a diuk that when both of them do gore, and you know both of them gored, then each one is fully responsible and you could collect from one if you can't collect from the other. But the Gemara is rejecting that. That's not the point of saying Shneim Chayavim. Now before we get to the phrase Shneim Chayavim, the real question is, by the way, if this case, even if they both belong to Reuben and you don't know which one gored, why are you allowed to collect anything? I say, I have rights to your bigger one. I have rights to this one. And Reuben says, no, you don't. Maybe you have rights to this one. I say, fine, give me this one. No, you don't. Maybe you have rights to this one. Prove me which one you have rights to and I'll give it to you. Since you can't prove to me which one you have rights to, you don't get anything, right? Now, that already is an interesting question. If I know that I have, I can prove that one of the VCRs, I don't know why I always go to VCR because I think nobody has a VCR nowadays. Anyway, if I know one one of the uh, laptop computers in your house is mine, okay, but you have another identical one and I can't pr- prove which one is mine. Do I basically get nothing? Do we say, or the fact that I know you've got one of them means at least you've got to give me one or pay me for one, even if I can't prove which one. That's sort of like this case. I know I have rights to one of your cows. I just can't prove which one. So let's see what the Gemara says. It's a tam. It's a Akiva that says they're shutzim. Okay, the time the east knew the travayu, and the reason I'm entitled to get paid is because both of the oxen are around. So I could say one of them might, is mine, you, or you know I have rights to one of them. I, yes, I don't know which one, but you make up your mind. Give me at least one of them. You know, clearly one of them is mine. So that's why if I've, both of them are still alive, you got to pay me in one way or another. Okay, you can't push me off. Let's say one of these oxen died, okay? And then I say, pay me what you owe me. 
I can't collect anything. Because you can say, maybe the one that died, that was yours. Okay? Go prove to me the living one is still yours and I'll pay you. Since you can't, you're out. So Shneim Chayavim doesn't mean I can collect from both of them. It means that I need both of them to be around to allow me to collect. One of them is mine, or I have rights to one of them, okay? And if both of them are around, I can prove that you owe me something, and you'll have to pay me. But if one of them is not around, then I can't collect, because so maybe the one that isn't around is mine, and you can get out of it. Can I collect if they're both around? If, if, if this did $200 of damage, okay, and therefore I have a $100 right to one of them, I don't know, let's say everything is worth $200, Okay. Let's say it's not. Let's say one's a big one is worth fifty. Well, fine, it doesn't matter. Then you'll figure it out. Okay. If everything is worth two hundred, I have a hundred dollar right to one of them. I just don't know which one. So if both of them are around, I could say I have a hundred dollars of property in your possession. Okay. You figure out which one it is you want to give me, but you have a hundred dollars of my property in your possession. But if one of them is is not around, one of them died or ran away, then you'll say to me, I'm not giving you any of this. I'm going to assume the one that ran away that was yours. And then we say, Yes. One is really reading Shnayim Chayavim as Shnayim Right. Well, something like that. Yeah, okay, right, right. Nah. Now, earlier in the figure, what difference does it make if they were Tom and Muadim? What difference does that make? Because if it's Muad, then it wouldn't matter if it was a small one or a big one that damaged. I get full damages. The only reason it matters. No. Oh, yes. No, but if they were both Muadim, then we wouldn't be debating which one did the damage. If both of your oxen are Muadim, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, because then you, you just pay full damages. The, uh, damage the, dam- the mazik size doesn't matter. The nizak size right, matters. Right, right, right. Okay. I understand, but let's, I, I mean, you know, let's get some basics down. Now, I want to take a look at a short post which is very important in the Rebbe Akiva and Rebbe Yishmael debate. Because why does the Gemara say this is Rebbe Akiva, right? Let's say it's Rebbe Yishmael. Shouldn't it be the same issue that I need both around? Here becomes a very key question. According to Rabbi Yishmael, if you don't have your ox around, remember we said according to Rabbi Yishmael, I have like a focused lien on your ox, and if you sell it, I can collect it from a third party. Let's say the ox is no longer around. Can you say, I'm not paying you cash. Your, your lien is only on my ox. How much can you do that? How much do I need the ox around in order to entitle me to, you know, my fundamental right starts with my ox. Like you could buy me all off. You could say, yes, you have a right to the ox, but I'll pay you cash to buy you off. Because I come to you and I say, I don't want your ox. I want your cash. Are you allowed to say, tough luck, buddy? Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, your basic right is to my ox. I might be able to pay you off and, you know, and, and, and give you cash if I chose to do it. But your right starts with fundamental right to life. So here's the big nafkamine. Mean, according to Rabbi Shmuel, my ox that gored your ox dies. Okay? Can you collect any money from me? Okay, do we say, yes, because I still owe you money? We say, no, even though it's not an ownership that you have in my ox, it's a debt. The debt primarily is on a right to collect from the ox. So th- let's look at this tosos. Rabbi Akiva da'amar shutfininu, pirish pekontris, to Rabbi Yishmael da'amar bali chovu, v'zuzehu demasik be, according to Rabbi Yishmael, that it's a debt. So im avar echad lo yibet zechuto. So Rashi says, you're, you, the, the, the Nizak's right is not limited to the lien on the ox. So according to Rabbi Yishmael, if one of them ran away, I'd still be able to get my money from you. So you're telling me it's my ox that ran away. Wonderful, it's my ox that ran away. I don't want to collect from the ox. You owe me $100. Pay me $100. I don't have to collect from the ox. It's just a lien I have on the 
ox. So according to Rashi, very important, according to Rabbi Shmael, my rights are not limited just to that ox. But Tosus disagrees. The Karsha, Dalael, Amar, Afil, Rabbi Shmael, Shachto, Masha, Asa, Asa. The Gemara says, according to Rabbi Shmael, if you shechted the goring ox, the Nizak is out his money. So Tosa says very reasonably, why is the Nizak out his money? Let the Nizak say, fine, you shechted it, it's not worth as much, pay me cash. So Tosa says, the fact that the Gemara doesn't say that, it sounds like the Nizak does not have rights to collect from anything other than the ox. The Mazik can buy him off. But the Nizak's rights are limited to collect from the ox. And that's why if the ox died, the Nizak is out money. So if an ox ran away, the Mazik would say to him, yeah, the one that ran away, that was yours. Yes, I owe you $100, but your lien is totally on the ox. And that's the one that ran away. So I'm sorry, I'm not giving you anything. So one minute. So this is, V'nir al-Farish, M'jumhachi, Muki, Rabbi Akiva. It's obvious. It's obvious if one ran away, you're out. Because I could say, yeah, yours was the one that ran away, and you have the lien on it. But he says, maybe because Rabbi Akiva, we would think the idea of Chazaka changes. Since I already own it, maybe even if one ran away, maybe I have a Chazaka on this one. Because if it's mine, maybe I'm considered a Musaq. Okay, so I don't want to sort of get into that, but the basic point I want us to appreciate is that according to Rashi, there's a debate of Rashi and Tosos, so a very critical debate. For Rebbe Ishmael that says that you owe me money and I have a lien on your ox, can, if the ox isn't around, can I still collect? According to Rashi, the answer is yes, fundamentally you owe me money, and according to Tosos, the answer is no. Yes, you owe me money, but my, all of my rights are limited to the right to collect that money from the ox. I can don't have a lien on any uh, on any other of your property. Jonathan, you had a question? What are the difference between Rabbi um, No, because the difference would still be, that's why the Gemara said that one, uh, one Afkimina would be, are there still Afkiminas? You say to me, I want, I, I, I want to buy you off. According to Rabbi Akiva, I could say, I'm not going to let you buy me off. It's my cow. I'm not, gonna, I'm not selling. But according to Rabbi Shmel, you're entitled to. You owe me money. If you want to pay me cash, you're entitled to pay me cash. Or Nafkamina is, you were mocked it. You sold it, right? So there are Nafkaminas, but you're right. In a way, it's, it makes the difference less gaping, but it makes more sense that they're not arguing in as much of an extreme. They're both fundamentally agreeing that if the Mazik ox isn't around, that the Nizak loses out. Yes? Does this, does this apply just to, all, to loans in general, this Makhlokit? In other words, no, both. no. Specifically about this right of Nezek that focuses on the Mazik ox. Right. Normally, of course, I have broad liens on all your property, and anyway, you owe me money, so even if you get new property, if it's now under your possession, I have a right to be paid my debt. But this is a specific idea of the... Right, it might be similar to cases of apotiki, like an apotiki mefurash. There are types of cases where you can create a lien that is so focused that it doesn't give me right... that I lose my rights to everything else. That's what this would be like, but it's not a standard case. All right? All right, let's start the next parak. That was definitely a very fun parak, which was Adamamazik and a little bit and Shur Hamazik. Now, for for the next few prakim, we're going to be continuing with Shur Hamazik. When people think about Babakama, the first thing they say is like, you know, the Shur Shenazik Hasapara, right, or two oxen. That's the picture that they've got on on Steinfeld, okay? But we had a nice good three prakim or two and a half prakim, which was, you know, whatever. General principles, Shane and Regal. I really like the third parak. It's a beautiful combination of Adamamazik and a little bit of Bor. Remember, if an Adam who's prone is 
considered to be a Boranat, and then some classic Shur Hamazik. Now for Wuhayo, we're going to be continuing with Shur Hamazik, okay? Goring Oxen. Shur Shinazok Arbiv Chamisha Shvarim. And we're going to continue with Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. An ox got gored four or five oxen. Now, it still remains a tom during this. Rashi tries to figure out if it gored four or five times, how does it remain a tom? But basically, the point is, it it, it gored, and then it saw another ox, and it didn't gore, and then it saw another one, and it did, and it didn't establish a pattern. So we'll worry about that later. But for now, you'll trust me that an ox can gore multiple times without establishing a pattern and without being a muad. Okay, so it gored four or five times. Four or five oxen. Zachazeh, sequentially. Yishalim la'achon. So you, the first person that gets paid is the last person go, whose ox was gored. The in yeshbo motar, and if there's any leftover sort of value in the goring ox, yachzul shelafanov. The second to last person, we will see. The in yeshbo motar, if there's any leftover value, yachzul shelafneifanov. Okay, hachlan achlan iskar. Last last gored first served. Okay, so that is that's the Tanakama. Divi Rebbe Meir. That's what Rebbe Meir says, right? Rebbe Shimon Omer. No, Rebbe. Shimon says Rabbi Shimon's position is going to make a lot more sense. Sure, Shavim. It's going to follow Rabbi Akiva that says it's for partners. Sure, Shavim Matayim. Shenachal. Sure, Shavim Matayim. Bein and Veli Yafek Klum. Two hundred go to two hundred. The carcass is worth zero. Zen Notel Mana. Zen Motel Mana. Each one becomes now a half owner in the ox. This is Rabbi Akiva that you become an owner in the ox. Here's another important nafkamin between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. Then this ox scores another one worth 200. And again, the carcass is worth nothing. The last guy gets 100, because that was his damage. And the two previous guys get 50, right? So does everybody understand this? Okay. Here you've got... Oh, now it's that. Here you've got Ruvain's ox, okay? Ruvain's ox. It, Shimon's one is the first one down. Okay, everything is going to be worth 200, okay? Fine. So now, at stage one, okay, now they both own 100. Now it's Ruvain and Shimon's ox, okay? That was stage one. Now it gores Levy's ox, okay? So, Levy's entitled to $100, okay? His ox just got gored by this partnered owned ox. So, what do you have now? So now, Levy gets 100, because he got 100 worth of damage. I mean, he got 200 damage. He gets half. Okay? So his... So he collects. It was owned by Reuven and Shimon. They were part owners. So Ru- Levi is collecting from Reuven and Shimon's ox. He's collecting equally from theirs. They were partners in that ox. So now they split the remainder. Okay? 50 and 50. Right? Now it goes and it gores Yehuda's ox. Okay? So Yehuda gets his full hundred. That, that was gored by an ox owned by three people. Okay? So now, now stinks, and you're the Nisak, you become a, a partner against the Right. Now, now, Tosa says that you have to have, have the ability to watch the ox, okay? So anyway, we'll talk, anyway. So then, now, if he collects equally his hundred, so he's going to collect equally his hundred, he's going to collect fifty from Levy, okay, and twenty-five from each of those, because it's going to be equally distributed, okay? So that's what we're dealing, so that's what happens. What? Because he owes a hundred. This guy owes half, owns half the ox. He owns a quarter. He owns a quarter. Right? You see how that works? So he collects his hundred from proportional from, from each one of their ownership of the ox. So if you slam into my Toyota with a Porsche, I am now half owner of your Porsche. No, up to the damage of your Toyota. 
up to half the damage of your Toyota. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so, okay. Okay, so the last the first the first two ones get a dina a golden dina which is twenty five sous. Now let's take a look at Tosa says. Um, uh, one minute. Look at the last two lines of Tosos. I don't want to be at the beginning of Tosos right now. But look at the last two lines of Tosos, Shorshanagach, by the asterisk. Tosos says, The Lomati Litshinuye, Kirkon Sha'in Biyado. Right? Why doesn't the Gemara say? I mean, the Gemara is going to try to figure out the first part of the mission, which we'll get to in a minute, but I just want to read this. Tosos says, Why don't you say that in these cases, uh, the new owner, Shima and Levi, they don't have liability if, you know, if your ox was going wild, and first you gored my ox, and then it ran and gored another and go to another like I was upstairs in my bedroom like all of a sudden I should be chayav when it goes goring other things so this is you're right in that case you're not chayav these cases where the new owners keep on losing out is when they were made aware of what happened and they knew it was the, now their part own, they were part owner and they were now responsible to watch okay so Tosa says like this he says oh let's actually start a little bit higher he says like this um, um, well you know let's read all Tosa he says like this Tema the Rebbe Akiva lines up to the Rebbe Akiva. Nami, am I ain Rishon Niskar? The Lami ain Muta Lalav Rishmor Chalka. Why does Shimon become responsible to watch his portion? Kolzman Shelo Amad Bedin. First of all, there hasn't even been a court case. Shimon says, Why am I now responsible for what it does? How do I know I'm going to actually win in court and become, a, and it's going to be proven that I'm a part owner? The Lobo Edim. I haven't even brought witnesses. Right. So Shimon could say. If I win in court, it'll be proven that I was a part owner starting today when your ox scored mine. But who knows I'm even going to win in court. But Sarich Lidchos, you have to say, you have to like give a bad answer, or a weaker answer. Since in theory I could bring witnesses for Lidchos, since I know I have the ability to win in court and I have witnesses and it technically will be proven maybe in a year from now when he finally gets out of court, it'll be proven that I'm the owner now, my responsibility starts now. So the first question is, why am I even responsible even if I do know about it? It hasn't been proven. I don't even know if I'm going to win the case. Then the second question is, what about if I didn't have the ability to watch it? I was upstairs sleeping. You know, somebody called me. I was in a different state. Like, wonderful. I all automatically became a part owner. Well, maybe I'm not able to watch it. Okay? Yes, Tosa said, if that's true that you weren't able to watch it, you would be exempt. Yeah, as long as it okay? What? I mean, as long as it wasn't a court case. Once it's a court case. Once it's a court case, right. Then obviously I have to take my steps. Anyway, Tosos, yes, it could have said that, but anyway, for whatever reason, the Mars going there. But the reason I want you to see Tosos is Tosos does make the important point that it's not like automatically you get liability. Tosos first questions, even if you know about it, why are you liable? You might not win in court and whatever. And he says, well, we have to assume that you're going to be planning on proving that you own it and that you win in court and you have the ability. So your liability will start now. Presumably, after finally is proven and retroactively, we'll know you were liable. But, if the reality was you didn't know about it or you didn't have the ability to watch it obviously it's all going to come out of Ruvain's portion it's not going to come out of yours you're like an honest you don't have responsibility in that case yes you can even send this to a case where Shimon doesn't even know that his uh, that his ox is dead yet right 
Absolutely. Okay, so let's see the Gemara. Now, so the end case is fun, but it's easy in a way. It's Rebbe Akiva. What's the logic of the early case that the last guy gets full payment and anything less go- left over goes to the second to last and anything left over there goes to the third to last? Like, what's the logic of that? So the Gemara says like this. Masnitz in money. Who's our Mishnah? Delok Rebbe Shmuel, Delok Rebbe Akiva. It's not Rebbe Shmuel, it's not Rebbe Akiva. He's Rebbe Shmuel, Damar Bali Chodlos, Nino Kodit Rebbe Shmuel, that basically it's a debt. Hi, Achron. Hi, Achron, Achron Iskar, Rishon, Rishon Iskami Bayalei. According to Rebbe Shmuel, the first guy damaged has the earlier lien. The next guy has the next lien, right? Reuven owes money to everyone. It's always Reuven's ox. Shimon, Levi, Yudah, they don't have an ox. They just have a lien on the ox. So Ruin owes money to all these guys. And the first guy he damages, the guy with the earlier lien. So why is the last guy the guy to collect? Okay? By the way, if it's like Rebbe Yekiva, Damar Torah should say who, it's partnered. Why do we see if there's anything left? It goes to the second to last guy. No, it gets distributed to all of them. I mean, it is true, according to Rebbe Shmuel, like the second to last guy gets a bigger portion. Rebbe Yekiva, excuse me. But it does get distributed to all. It's not that the entire remainder goes to the second to last guy. Okay? I'm a rubber. So that's the question. What the heck is the first? part of the first part of the Mishnah. Amar Rava says, Rava, Ba'olam Rebbe Yishmael. The Mishnah is Rebbe Yishmael. The Amar Bali Chovos Nihu. That it's a debt. But the Kajal Ha Achon Achon Niska Rishon Rishon Niska Mi Ba'olet. You want to know why the last guy has rights. It should be the first guy that has the most rights. Hakam Ha'eskina to go and Shetafas Nizak Ligvos Himenu. V'nasalav Kishomer Sachar L'Nezikin. So the case here is for Rebbe Akiva. Okay, so this is Rebbe Akiva. For Rebbe Yishmael. Uh, for Rebbe Yishmael. The case was Okay, it gored Shimon's ox, and then Shimon said, Ah, I have a lien on that ox. If I have a lien on that ox, I'm going to, we're back to Tafas. I'm going to grab it and take it, and it's not mine yet, because it's just money owed me. I have to get it you know, processed in court. But I'm basically, I'm like holding onto your property as collateral. I have a right on that ox. I'm going to take possession of it, bring it into my property, so that you don't run away with it, so that I'll be able to collect my loan off of it. Since I am holding on to a piece of property that I have a lien on, and I'm holding on to the collateral, I become a Shomer Sachar. I become, I'm getting Sachar. Why am I getting Sachar? Because my payment I'm getting is that I'm getting the benefit of knowing that I'll be able to collect from it. I've taken possession of your thing, that I'm getting benefit from having possession of it. So therefore, I'm a Shomer Sachar. And a Shomer Sachar means, means I'm liable not only to you, but I also become liable if it goes and it damages somebody else. Okay? So because Shimon took possession, he becomes a Shomer Sachar. Now this ox goes ahead and it gores Lazy's ox. Okay? So, Shimon is the one that is now fully liable. Right? If I give my ox over to a Shomer, I don't become liable. The Shomer is fully liable. So Levi collects his full amount from Shimon's right portion in the ox. Okay? And that's why Shimon is out. Now, Levi seizes it, and then it goes ahead and gores Yehuda's ox. So Yehuda collects his full portion from Levi. If there was anything left, whatever's left belongs to Levi. Okay? Right? Because Levi was collecting it from Shimon. If there's anything left, uh, you know, etc. So that's how it works. I know. Okay, so let's continue. So it says like this. Okay, Ihahi says the Gemara, but one minute, it doesn't really fully work. If there's anything left over, why does it go 
to Levi. It should go all the way back to Uve. What? Doesn't it just mean it's a cycle? Ever much further back you can go, you go. No, because if what we're assuming is that um, that let's assume let's assume that the damage is the same. Let's assume it was a two hundred dollar ox, okay, and there was a hundred dollars worth of damage, right? So if he went ahead and he seized it, he had a hundred dollars rights to it, okay. And now he goes ahead and his ox got damaged. He's worth a hundred. He totally took over. Shimon's amount. So anything left goes back to Reuven, right? <laughs> Let's say it was a three hundred dollar ox, okay? So he got a hundred dollars worth of damage. Okay, he seized it. Alright? So he has now rights of a hundred and the other two hundred still belong to Reuven. He damaged this, he has rights of a hundred, he takes Shimon's part. The remainder goes to Reuven. He got damaged a hundred, he takes Levy's part, who took Shimon's part. So they're all swapping the same original hundred, but the remainder part all goes back to Reuven. Right? Is that clear? Alright? Right? Whatever I get, I'm losing to the next guy, and I can lose to the next guy. But anything that wasn't taken goes back ultimately to the original owner. Unless the, the, the third, whatever, the second goring is only 50. Yeah. Right, so that's what the Gemara is going to say. Okay? So the Gemara is going to say, okay. Um, okay? If there's leftover money in the damage, um, Meaning, so basically, let's say, right, Shimon, Shimon's thing was ga- damaged 300, Levi's thing was damaged 200, and Yehuda's was damaged 100, okay? So therefore, Shimon now became owner of 150. Levi's was damaged 200, he became owner of 100. So there's now, he has 100, there's left over because of the different degree of damage. So the ex- he took 100 of Shimon's 150, and the extra 50 went back to Shimon. Are you, are you with me? Shimon had a bigger damage. Shimon was entitled to 150. He was only entitled to 100. So he got 100 out of Shimon's 150, and Shimon kept the remaining 50. He only got 50. So he got 50 out of Levy's 100. Okay, Levy had 50 left, and he took it out of whatever. So because the damages are more here, you're getting... Everybody's taking from everybody else's piece of the pie. Okay? But if you have a bigger piece of the pie, and then you get a smaller damage and a smaller piece, any part of your pie that was left over, you get to keep. So, okay? Wait, so that's the Gemara's question, why doesn't it go all the way back to the original? It does. The 150 that was originally Ruvain that was never seized by Shimon, as it were, Ruvain is always going to get. Okay, But the amount, their parts of the pie, if it's increasingly smaller pieces, then they're leaving over to the people from before I, them. I also don't see how this can be a tom. How could this possibly be a tom? Why not? Because it gored multiple times? Yeah. I said that in the beginning. There are, there are ways in which it does. It sees other animals and it doesn't gore them, I so it never know, gets to be habitual. Yeah. In the meantime, other, other animals are walking around. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's just read another line here. The problem here is that you become a shomer, and that's why the next party becomes liable, and that's why it works according to Rabbi Shemel. But you don't automatically become liable. You have to seize it and become a shomer. Okay. So the Mary says like this. If that's true, I'm a safe. So 
This goes very quick because we're just quoting the Mishnah. Okay, so the so fine. You explained the beginning was Rebbe Shmuel was talking about seizing it, but the end is clearly Rebbe Akiva. Everybody becomes partners. So also in the Rebbe Akiva, that's going like Rebbe Akiva. The Amr Tard shoot Fayu that they're partners. They should Rebbe Shmuel to save for Rebbe Akiva. Is that possible? Now it's a funny question because yeah, they're different Tanayim. One is Rebbe Meir and the other is Rebbe Yehuda, right? Rebbe Shimon. Okay, so sure. But the problem is Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Shimon are both Tamidim of Rebbe Akiva. So it is a little bit funny that Rebbe Meir is siding with Rebbe Shmuel and Rebbe and, and Rebbe Shimon with Rebbe Akiva. But at least they are different Tanayim. So the says, is that possible? Amri, in yes. Um, okay, so yes, so that's what it is. The end where they become partners and it's 150, 50, or whatever, you know, 150, 25, 25, or whatever, that's all Rebbe Akiva, that's partners. This idea where the last guy gets and then whatever's left gets bumped up, that's the case of Rebbe Shmuel where it was seized and you became a showmare and therefore you can lose your portion to the guy after you. Alright, so we've explained the Mishnah and we will pick up with a different point tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so we actually did a pretty good job.